Welcome to your Destiny Podcast. I'm going to, as I was sort of thinking about what to say today, this um, song came into my head. And it's a Godfrey Bertel song. I don't know whether it's on the one CD you've been listening to, but uh, it's just called It's a Wonderful Dance. And I just, as I, as I sort of was thinking, it, as it came to my head, I thought, wow, that's actually it in a nutshell. You know, that, that life is just this wonderful dance with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Um, so I wanted to play it to start with and then I want to play it again at the end and just ask, well, we're just asking Holy Spirit because I feel today, I don't know what was going on in the worship for me, but I was oh, just feeling even more like just about being, it was, it was the fact that I was his child, his child, when he said, you are my children, wow, it just like, came and hit me again. And isn't it wonderful how we just have these waves of revelation time after time after time. And it's like it can go on forever. And it's just these kisses like all the time, you know. So anyway, yeah, we're having more kisses. Say thank you, Jesus, for more kisses of revelation on us. Don't worry, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> that's wonderful. Oh, God's so good, isn't he?
word, dear. So we're in Christ Jesus. <laughs> uh, getting to participate with him. Participate. Just like we were saying earlier, playing in the fields of grace. Like we just get to live. Ah, oh, just adventuring with him. It gives us, it's like, hey, do you fancy, you know, do you fancy going and talking to that guy over there? I really love him. Do you fancy participating with me and uh, giving him a hug or whatever? And we get to do that. We get to choose that. We get, we can say, yeah, and go along and just get to participate in this wonderful adventure of life. Um, mm, it's a wonderful, wonderful dance. <sighs> so I just wanted to go through a few verses. Oh, 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 yeah. oh yeah. I've written these out because I've, I've took some from Passion Translation and some from the Good News, um, which I thought you might not have. So <clears throat> they're just verses about how we are in Christ Jesus. So thank you, uh, Chris, for, for that one. That we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So John fourteen twenty says, On that day you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Now this, John chapter 14, 15, 16, it's like, um, you know what Jesus was, it was his last message, if you like, to his disciples. It was the things that he really wanted them to remember and go away with. Um And then in the Passion Translation, it says, So when that day comes, you'll know that I am living in the Father, that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. So Jesus is living in the Father. We are one with him, so that means we're living in the Father. And I will be living in you. It's this, this is the union that we experience with the Trinity. Um, he lives in us through his spirits, the spirit of Jesus Christ who lives in us, the Holy Spirit. Um, and we're just in this, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, union with God. Um, and, you know, like Andy was saying earlier, um, marriage is, is to Jesus, to God. It's like a really, really amazing expression of what that union is like. And that's why he says he hates divorce. Because he, because he will never divorce himself from us. You know, that, was, that would be something he would hate. Because this, this picture of marriage was, for him, the picture of his relationship with us. So to, to, to bring divorce into that at all, for him, he hates it. It doesn't mean he hates who, those of us who go through divorce or has you know understanding for those it's nothing to do with that it's just he hates the sense that we could feel that there's divorce of any kind separation of any kind because when we've said yes to him 
he, we become one with him. That's what we inherit. That's our, um, the gift that we get, this absolute oneness, this union, when, where divorce could never happen. <laughs> um, so I wanted to look at, at John 15 especially, and I want to look at it because it's actually really beautiful what uh, John is sharing with us here about what Jesus said. But it's actually been translated quite poorly in most of our Bibles. Um, and I wondered if you could, if you don't have Bibles with you, do you? But if you just look, I'll read it you first in, in the Amplified, because this will give you an understanding of... What I've written out here is the Passion Translation. I decided I wasn't even going to write out uh, one that's not written right, or what it means, because... I didn't want you to have it in front of you. I just want you to have it. <laughs> so that's why I thought we could look up in our Bibles if we had them there. So John 15. Um, so obviously this is where Jesus is talking about the father is the vine dresser and he's the vine. And that we are like branches that have been, uh, are in the vine. Okay. Um. So, verse 2, this is in the Amplified, it says, Any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts away, trims off, takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more richer and more excellent fruit. Okay, now most translations say that, that, in the, that if it doesn't bear fruit, he cuts it away and trims it off. But that actually is quite a wrong translation of the word. The word is actually to do with being lifted up and like held, cared for. Um, and so the, the Passion Translation says, he cares, he even uses the word cares, he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. That's just rather a different to he cuts them off, isn't it? And um, so we are we are vitally, vitally connected to the to the vine, which is Jesus. We're the branches, and if we're not bearing fruit, whatever that looks like, he's actually because like Peter say, he went off, didn't he? And he actually denied Jesus. Did Jesus cut him off? No, he carefully came and he lifted him up and he, he propped him up and he let him see his beauty and let him see again, you're connected, Peter. I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, you're mine. Um, until he was able to bear the fruit again. Uh, so he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches, pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed and pruned you. It's not about us having to work out like what's wrong with us and cut it off and get rid of it. He's the one that's doing it. 
and he is the word. And we just, we're just so, all we need to do is just rest really, like you're saying, seated. Just rest in our knowledge that right now I'm seated in Christ. I might be thinking things, you know, about the money or whatever you were saying, Phil, before, but this is who I am. This is where I am. I've never moved. <laughs> I might have had a lapse in my uh, trusting right now. But here I am, seated in heavenly places. You know, what I was thinking about the weekend doesn't matter. It's, this is where, and I've never left. And he's never left me. He's not divorced me for a second. <laughs> I am just so grafted in to this vine. Um, and I'm just, he'll prune whatever needs to be pruned. And I don't have to worry about it. It's just going to, he's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He's going to, you know, oh, he is the vine dresser. I am not. I don't even have to try to remain a branch. I just am. And what's great about a branch is that everything that's in the trunk is in the branch. Every bit of life that's in the trunk, all that it takes to bear all the fruit, it's all in the trunk, but it's all in every branch. And the branch doesn't have to try itself to suck up from the roots, all that. That's what the vine is doing. Oh, it just remains. It just remains in the in the vine, and just will bear fruit because the life of the vine is flowing through it. Isn't it great to be a branch? <laughs> You're a branch that's connected. You're not just a stick on the floor. You're a branch connected to the vine, bearing. All the fruit the vine has got for you to bear. Um, and it says, so enter into life union with me, for I have entered into life union with you. For some reason, my computer puts a capital U every time I, try, I write union. And I was going to try and go around and change it. And I thought, no, I'll just leave it. There's <laughs> a capital U. <laughs> Because it is a capital U. I'm in union. Life union forever. Just because I said yes. Just because that's it. That was all I had to do, say yes. And that life union's in mine. Because a branch severed from the vine won't bear fruit. But you're not severed. You're not divorced. You're fully in. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. And that's, we have to be, we are. We're only not if we haven't said yes yet. But it's funny how when we haven't said yes, he still makes every effort. And he still flows through us and he still makes us bear fruit. It's amazing. It's just my knowing I am in this intimate life union that can never end. And I just will bear fruit. And I rejoice in my pruning. You know, the things that God, when God shows you something, you say, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Because for a start, it hurts me or it hurts someone else or whatever. <sighs> I'm just going to enjoy my life union. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hmm. Um, 
And if we just go on a bit, so I don't know why I put it in two bits, but I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches as you live in union with me as your source. Fruitfulness will stream from within you. It just will. When you live separated from me, you're powerless. But we can't live separated. We can, in a sense, live a bit separated in our heads and think we are, and that's when we're powerless. <laughs> but the reality is we're not separated. We're in this union all the time. And because of that, fruit will stream from within us. If you, if you live separated from me, you'll be discarded like shriveled up branches that are grown, gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. It's not saying you will be gathered up and thrown into the fire. But if you live discarded, which only means you haven't said yes. We're just in such a different place. And we've used these scriptures to, I have used them to hammer over myself. Got to stay connected. Got to keep abiding, got to keep reading this, not that, and I mean, I love reading it, but it's just, there's a difference when it becomes, like Rebecca was saying on Sunday, an obligation, because I feel I've got to stay connected, so I've got to get these words, I've got to remember them. You know, I've lived for years trying to remember the scriptures, and, the, and I, you know, I used to get told it was really important that you knew, and I couldn't get it to stay in my head. I kind of know what it says, but I can't, re, I can't tell you word for word. Well, it says, but that's okay, because it's alive. It's Jesus. And it's, it's not as alive to me if, I'm, if I know it, if I'm telling you word for word on the page. But when I'm telling you from my heart, this is what it says, and this is what I know it says. You know, it's not about learning everything verbatim and being able to quote the things. It's, uh, Jesus is living. He's living. He's living in me. I'm constantly connected. I'm going to bear fruit because he's in me. Um, if you step into my life in union with me, which is what we've done, and if my words live powerfully within you, right, again, just my words, not the rehearsing of it and being able to, you know, just list it off, but when it's with the truth of who Jesus is and who I am lives powerfully within me. Ask whatever you desire and it will be done. <laughs> when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate you're my mature disciples who glorify my Father. <sighs> it's awesome, isn't it? Awesome. What do you think that fruit is? When your lives bear abundant fruit, what does it look like? You demonstrate you're my mature disciples who glorify my Father. What do you think it is to bear fruit? What would you like to see in somebody? What fruit? Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. I love your answers. Any more? 
because I think it's that that the world needs, isn't it? Joy, peace, freedom. And when they see that in us, it's like they're attracted. I think for me it's like um, trusting. Just kind of love and trusting. Um, And trusting is what brings joy and peace. It's just that I think what I used to think before was like fruit would be how many people I've managed to get to say the prayer to become a Christian, how many people I would have seen healed, and all those things. And all those things are great. All those things are great. But but it's the fruit of my life, which is all about relationships. And when it's kind of built on it, actually, I just trust you, Daddy. I trust you. I trust you with all that I am. Trust you with my life. I trust you with tomorrow. I trust you with next year. Ah, trust you with all that I'm to become, or all you want, all the fruit that you want that you'll see in me, or your plans, your purposes. I just trust you. I mentioned, didn't I, about Abraham? It really going up the mountain with Isaac, it really hit me that he didn't go up the mountain saying, you know, I'm going to lose my son, I'm going to lose my son. What am I going to do? You know, is it? he went up the mountain trusting God will provide. Oh, it's just... And then, and trusting that he loves me so passionately and that out of that my love for him is just a natural overflow it's not something I have to work hard at trying to produce oh and I'm overcome I'm overcome I felt overcoming that worship about being a child of God again ah oh. and those sorts of things it brings the joy brings that peace it, to be free you know ah when i'm not trying i'm not having to work to perform or anything i'm just free 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 to be ah um nandy was talking about Obeying, wasn't he? Um, in John 14, so this is the just the chapter before. I've written it down here. He says, so first of all, it's like, well, I'll love and you, you'll love because I love you. It's not about your effort. It's the fact that I have loved you first and you're going to love me back when you know that. And 14.23, loving me empowers you to obey my word. <laughs> it's just this lovely circle, isn't it? Of, it's a circle of love. And we're embraced in it and we get to participate in it, have fun. 
Loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. But those who don't love me won't obey my words. It's all about love. But we do. We love because we know he first loved us. And loved us so much that love is just our response. I wanted to read you something Jackie Brockler sent me. She does a blog, right? And she did, I love little birds, okay, I'm really sorry, but I just, oh, I just love them. And I'm going to show you the picture before I read it to you. This is a little gold crest. You see the little top of its head? Mm-hmm. Little gold crest. This little gold crest came to Jackie's garden on Sunday. And this is what she wrote. Oh my, I've just had the most magical experience out in my garden. I was on my way back from feeding the rabbit and the chickens in her garden when a movement caught my eye. I glanced over and there amongst the branches of the twisted hazel, I spotted a tiny little bird. Tiny yet perfectly formed. The flash of bright yellow across her head tells me she's a gold crest. A gold crest right here in my garden. I'm ecstatic. I feel like I've just discovered treasure in my garden. A living, breathing pot of gold. I tiptoe quietly across the grass. My breath held tight and I stand stock still. Hardly even daring to blink for fear of missing this moment. But I needn't have worried. This bird is going nowhere. Even now, as I sit in the kitchen writing, I look up and out of the French windows, she's still there, flitting, darting and dancing through the branches of the twisted hazel. I even have time to grab my camera and she performs beautifully. I still had time to share my exciting news with the youngest broccoli. That's Tully. He too stands stock still, utterly charmed by our feathered friend. He reaches out a hand and we both hold our breath as the little bird gets so close they almost touch. In the quiet stillness of the morning, in the magic of the moment, I realise the church bells have started ringing and the rain has started falling softly, gently, and we are standing in our pyjamas, smiling. Middle broccoli, that's, um, what's her name? Tully, not Daisy, the younger one, the middle one. Poppy. Isn't a morning person, so I let her stay sleeping. But she's emerged now of her own accord, and I excitedly point out the little finch. She dons my wellies and drapes her sister's cape over her shoulders and ventures out. I'm about to reprimand her, tell her she mustn't get it wet, but I stop myself because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And once again I hear the church bells ringing and see the soft rain falling, and still I'm smiling. It's been over an hour. And she's still there, our little gold crest. She's made my garden her home. And she's very welcome. Because she and I belong here in this garden, in this moment. There's nothing else we need to do. Nowhere else we need to be. We are here. And we belong. I just thought that was such a lovely little picture. You know, it's just like we're a little gold crest. 
coming, just finding our place of belonging, our place of home in Daddy's garden. You know, and he's just so excited. What did he say? Um... I've discovered, I've just discovered treasure. That's what he says when he looks at you. You're his treasure. A living, breathing pot of gold. Ah! <laughs> You're his living, breathing pot of gold. And he's so excited to have you in his garden. Ah! So excited to be with you. <laughs> Oh, and I just loved that, you know, Tully could get right up to that bird to be almost touching it. Because uh, normally they're quite afraid, aren't they, little ones? Jesus is closer than that with you, just loving you. You're at home. You belong. That bird could have stayed there forever. and Jackie would have been thrilled for the whole of her life. It's your garden. The Trinity is your garden. Your place of living, your place of adventure. Seated with him in heavenly places. It's your adventure of getting to know Father, Son and Holy Spirit more and more and more. And dancing around this planet with him. Because wherever you go, we're with you. You can't escape. You're there for life. Bearing fruit for eternity. Fruit that will last. How do we bear fruit? I'm just going to read you. This is from the message translation. Ah, Sorry, just getting a little bit whacked here. Oh, don't know quite what I'm doing. Oh, I know. Yeah, press that one. Okay, this is Mark chapter 4 in the message translation. Just a little parable. Okay, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, the heavenly realm where we're seated with Jesus. Jesus said, God's kingdom is like seed thrown on a field by a man who then goes to bed. And forgets about it. The seed sprouts and grows. And he has no idea how it happens. The earth does it all without his help. First a green stem of grass. Then a bud. Then the ripened grain. And when the grain is fully formed. He reaps. It's harvest time. Oh, I don't know, just just thinking about, it just happens all by itself. You have the living seed in you of Jesus Christ. The fruit's going to appear, the buds appear, the leaves appear. We have no idea how. It isn't about our trying to produce fruit. We've done a lot of trying 
in our lives. And I know that God gives us a million out of a hundred for trying. <laughs> but we've tried, we've done things that weren't, you know, because like, I don't know if we've told you, but have I said this to you, Alan, had that, had a picture about, this is years ago, probably about 30 odd years ago. And we we're having a lovely time of worship and he has this picture and he sees Kingsway and it's 4,000 people and it's a doctor's surgery and a school and things. Have I told you this? Okay, so, you know, great, we're going to need a great big building of ours. Uh, um, let's get a doctor's surgery. So we get Irving and we, we plan for a long time how we can do this doctor's surgery. And we, we're following, you know, because you have to go through a lot of um, red tape and, you know, government stuff. And we're following all this. And then suddenly we, and, and Irving's got really bought into all this and, you know, in his mind and everything. And it just comes to nothing. And it's, it's years of trying. But I look back now. And what was God talking about? It was so-so. And that ministry flowing from our church like a, like a doctor's surgery, just touching people's lives all over the UK. And then the school. So we all we get together as a, as a group, you know, all different people. Okay, we're going to start a school. So we start a primary school. We have this lovely girl who's our headmistress. Um, and it runs for about three years, four years maybe. And then suddenly everything falls apart and it just doesn't go anymore. And you think, what was that all about, Jesus? We were trying to do the things we thought you told us to do. But I look back now and my destiny is the school he had in his mind. I could never have dreamt it. Could never have dreamt of so. I didn't even know the word. Didn't even know what it meant at the time. You know. But God gives us a million out of ten for trying. And we've not upset him that we tried. And when Abraham produced Ishmael, he didn't. He wasn't angry with him or anything. But it probably would have been easier without. Probably would have been easier without all the people that got, people that got hurt on the way of doing this school and the doc, you know, Irving with the doctor's surgery and everything. But he looks after us, he loves us. He's put Irving on just the right place for him. Look what he's doing in his life. He's, he's him that's doing the sozo even. See, it was all about him, wasn't it? That's <laughs> only just twigged that. Not all about him, but Jesus, but you know. Um, anyway. I don't think God, you know, he'll have put things in your heart. You'll have, Dreams, you won't know what it is. You'll be thinking, I need to, do, need to do this, need to be doing this for you, Jesus. Just give him the time. Give him the space. Don't try and push things. Just relax in it. We're seated with him in heavenly places. It's all, things will, they will bear fruit. It'll do it by itself. The fruit will grow by itself. The buds will be there. In our union with him. Um, I wanted to look at 2 Peter as well. Because I've used these verses to beat myself up. I loved it. Always loved this. In fact, it's been one of my favorite verses in the Bible. <coughs> and it's from verse 3. His divine power 
as bestowed on us all things needed for life and godliness through our knowledge of the one who's called us by his own glory and excellence. This is all about him, isn't it? It's his divine power that's given me everything I need for life and godliness. Through what? Just knowing him. Knowing how much he loves me. And then it goes on. By means of his glory and excellence, he's bestowed on me his precious and exceedingly great promises. So that through them I can escape the corruption in the world and become a partaker of the divine nature. Now, I would think I've got to try and escape the corrupt, you know, cut myself off from all the corruption, not do all that sort of stuff. Instead of realizing he's bestowed it on me by his glory, his goodness, and his divine power, it's not been up to me. I'm just a partaker of his divine nature. By my knowing him, knowing how much he loves me, really. And then it goes on, you see. So it's, it's one of these things, these kind of add to this, add to this, add to this, add to this. So but for this very reason, adding to your diligence, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue. Has anybody got a, a more easy version? Anyway, you know, and it goes on and then develop knowledge and then from that self-control and then patient endurance then godliness then brotherly affection. And out of this, from this brotherly affection, Christian love. Right, so I would be trying hard to do all these things, produce all these things. Instead of just seeing that as in my union, all those things flow out because the next verse is, as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, They'll keep you from being idle and unfruitful in, in, the knowledge, in your knowledge of Jesus. Because whoever lacks these qualities is blind, seeing only what's near him. And he's become oblivious to the fact that he's been cleansed from his old sins. That's all I needed to know. That's the faith that starts it off. That I've actually been cleansed from my sins. I'm, I, it's all about Christ. I've be, been put into him. I share his nature by all that he's given me, not by my trying. And those things are the fruit that flows out. The joy and the peace, it's the fruit that flows out. The freedom, it's the fruit that flows out. And all that stops me from knowing that is not realizing I've been cleansed from my past sin. How could I read that for 40 years of my life and think it was up to me to get but don't we? We take verses out of context. We don't. And I know we just live in the revelation that we have. And I've had a lovely relationship with Jesus all those lives. I have years. I've loved him to bits. I've enjoyed my life. But I think now it's just, oh, so much more joyful than ever before. Because I realize it really is all about my union with him. My oneness with him. I'm just so grateful to God, so grateful for that freedom that he's brought me, so grateful from the freedom of obligation. And, you know, those things Rebecca was talking about. Oh. So what are our benefits? Let's say, what are the benefits of union? And I've done this in the good news because the good news, 
in, in other versions, it just says, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, which is great, all right. But the good news actually says, in your life union with him, every time it would have said in Christ. So this is some benefits, right, of my union, of my union. So in our union with Christ, is blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing. I have every spiritual blessing in my union, every spiritual blessing, not lacking anything. Um, I'm holy, I'm forgiven, I've got salvation, I'm, I'm reconciled, I am righteous. All those things are, are the product of my union. They're not about my trying. All those things belong to me because I'm in union with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. That's what that's a, a blessing that's mine because of my union. I love this Philemon 1 verse 6. There's only one chapter in Philemon. <laughs> but my prayer is that our fellowship with you as believers will bring about a deeper understanding of every blessing which we have in our life in union with Christ. Do you know what? That, that just really spoke to me because what he's saying here is that our fellowship with one another causes us to understand our union and what those blessings are. So we're not supposed to be existing just by ourselves and, and knowing all the blessing. It is that in our fellowship with one another, we'll see more and more and more of that blessing because it's a lot of it is all about relationship. It can't be done as a one-to-one. Um, and that word relationship, it's koinonia or something like that. Um, and it means interdependent relationship. Uh, and it, it's, it also has something to do with it. It has to be outworked, which love you can't do by yourself, can you? Um, so it's this fellowship, this outworking of our, of our living life, loved and loving one another in our union with Christ that causes love to overflow to other people. And it's not our own efforts. It just does it naturally while we're asleep almost, as that parable said. It just will produce that fruit. Um, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 5 says, In union with Christ, you have become rich in all things. In all things. The blessings that are ours, it's just all these glorious riches that are ours. These wonderful blessings we spoke of, those spiritual kind of blessings, but also all your needs met. Philippians says that in God, I'll in my God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in your union with Christ. Like Rebecca was saying, what's a tire? <laughs> She's got a car, you know, what's a tire? Everything we need in life. But if we stop there, we've missed the greatest treasure of our union. Just thinking about our needs and those things that we have. Because our greatest treasure is Jesus. Our greatest treasure is our union. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. With the Trinity. That's who I'm in union with. That's what it's really all about. I'll miss the point if I just concentrate on my blessings and and my, you know, the riches and all that. I'd be totally missing the point. I've got Jesus. 
going to dance with him all over this planet. <laughs> in my work, wherever I work, wherever I'm at the shops, wherever I'm in the street, when I'm driving the car, I'm just dancing with him. Dancing with him everywhere I go. No divorce, total union. <laughs> Enjoying that koinonia, that wonderful fellowship with him. I'm just in wedded union with him forever. Wedded bliss with him forever. It's him I am in. It's him I'm dancing with. It's him I'm sitting with, sitting in. Oh, I love that. Thanks for bringing that, Chris. Seated in heavenly places, in our union with Christ Jesus. It's a wonderful dance. It's a wonderful dance. Wonderful dance of trusting, of being, just being, just being with him. Loving, being loved, knowing I'm loved and loving just oozing out of me. Thank you for listening to the I Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.